Thank you. Good morning, everybody. Isn't it great to be in church today? The worship, Harmony and Reuben, I just, I, this is home. I've been away a little bit just recently and been visiting other churches and Ian's been speaking and things. But when you come back here, oh, this is where I belong. Thank you, Paul. You've got many talents. The rap was excellent. I, I got the words. I got most of it. But you are a man of many, many talents. I love you guys. Ruth, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to come and share. Thankfulness. My job is to talk about thankfulness. Do you know, I was raised in a home where our parents trained us to say thank you. Very early on, they trained us to say thank you. You know, people don't naturally say thank you. Well, I found that out when I was a high school teacher at secondary school. <laughs> and I've got my year nine students and, hey, got a pen, miss? <laughs> Pardon? Well, there's another way to ask. Oh, you got a pen, miss, please? You know? And I'd go over and say, yes, I've got a pen. And you want to borrow it? Yes, here you are. And I'd hold on to it. And they'd look at it and they'd pull it and I, I'm just waiting for the word, thank you, you know. Ah, oh, thanks, miss. You know, and, but, you know, after a year of this in year nine, by the time they came to year 10, 11, 12 and 13, they loved saying thank you. They could ask me for anything as long as they said please and thank you. It was good manners. I was raised like that. And I found I like people who are grateful in that way. But, you know, I gave my heart to the Lord in 1985 and I would have said, I'm a thankful person. I really am a thankful person. But when I came to know the Lord in 1985, I found out I had a whole lot to learn about being thankful. Wow. It was so different to what I already knew. And I want to share with you some things that I have learnt um, in, in the years that I have followed the Lord. I've got six things I want you to learn just by simply saying thank you that you will receive from God. So I'm going to start. I have to have my glasses on. I'm going to start with a scripture, and it says this in Psalm 9, verse 1. I will give thanks to the Lord with all my heart. Well, that was new to me. I could say thank you easy, but did I really say thank you with all my heart? See, God is wholeheartedly for us. There is something of God. He doesn't like the half-hearted stuff. God wants you to be all in, to be grateful wholeheartedly. And so I had to learn how to give thanks wholeheartedly. You know, when we give thanks wholeheartedly, something happens. I want to show you in a story in the Bible, um, and it comes from Luke chapter 17, verses 11 to 17. I think they're going to come up on the screen for you. We'll just see what happened with Jesus. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, 10 men had leprosy that, and met him. What? A village? 10 men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and they called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Hang on a minute. See, in those days, if, if the leprosy went into remission, you could get a, a bill of clean health from the priests. So Jesus saw these guys and he says to them, go, show yourself to the priest. In other words, Jesus spoke to them to do something. 
And then it says, as they went, they were cleansed. See, they weren't healed when Jesus was with them. They were healed on the way to the priest. All right? Now, one of them... When he saw, um, one of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. When he saw them, oh, wait a minute, he threw himself, he threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Do you know thankfulness, just leave that scripture up for a moment, Carmel. Thankfulness is something you can receive from God. You have asked and you shall receive. But you know, when you come back and you thank God, something happens. Okay? Jesus asked, were not all the ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Can you go to the next slide? Oh, no, that's not it. Okay, Jesus spoke. The last thing he said to this guy, when he said, where are the other nine? Jesus said, arise, go, your faith has healed you. You see, when, the, when we give thanks to God, what I want to say is when we give thanks to God, something happens. Out of all ten that were healed, only one of them knew that his faith had a part to play in his healing. The other ten were obedient to God and received, but this one, he knew that his faith was an active part of his healing. You see, we learn about our God. We learn about God. When we come to God, we start to see all aspects of it. Thank you, Lord, for your protection. Thank you, Lord, for your provision. Thank you, Lord, for your care. Thank you, Lord, for your love. You start to see God in lots of different ways, in the fullness of who he is. So the first point I want to bring out is that when we are thankful wholeheartedly with our whole heart, we get closer to God. We get to know God more. He reveals himself to us. My next verse comes from Psalm 100 verse 4. You all know this, but when I gave my heart to the Lord in 1985, all the songs that they were singing at that time were songs about being thankful and about having a grateful heart. This says in Psalm um, 100 verse 4, Enter his gates with thanksgiving. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving. You know, we used to sing it, and I used to jump for joy. I was a brand new Christian, and I was learning something. But I thought I was a thankful person. But I was learning something, that I come into his courts, into his gates with thanksgiving. In Psalm 95, it says, come before him with thanksgiving. You will come before him. You want to get into the presence of God? You want to come through his gates? Give him thanks. Oh, I learned, you know, I used to drive the car. I was a sales rep for many years, and I, I used to drive the car, and as soon as I got in the car, I'd start talking to God, and I always found, thank you, Lord, for this. Thank you, Lord, that you care about me. Thank you for your grace. I'd start thanking him. Before too long, my thanks turned into praise. Oh, I praise you, Lord, and I'd sing to him. I can't sing very well, but God enjoys my sound. He says to make a joyful noise, and that's what I was doing, and I found myself praising God. You know, it didn't take long. And I knew his very presence was with me in the car. You come into his presence when you give him thanks. And your thanks will turn to praise. 
There's a great story in the book of Acts, chapter 16. Paul and Silas are in prison. You know the story. You know, they've been arrested. They didn't do anything wrong, but, but they were arrested because the people didn't like them. And they were in stocks, and there they are in prison. And in the middle of the night, it's midnight, you know, this miserable place. And what do they do? They start to thank God, and they start to praise God. And you know what? In that place, people listened, but the presence of God came. Like an earthquake, it shook everything loose. You want to read the story? It's a great story, but it started with thanks and praise. My third point here, um, it's, sometimes it's just not easy when we're going through hard times to be thankful. And, but, you know, when we do, God hears. The Bible talks in Psalm 50, it says, Those who sacrifice thank offerings honor me. When giving thanks to God is a sacrifice, I don't want to, I don't know if I've got the strength to. When you're going through stuff, grief can be a big one, you know, rejection. When you're going through stuff, it's sometimes hard to thank God. But when we choose to thank God, it honors him. It it brings honor to him. God looks, he is honored by that. You know, when in Hebrews 13, it says, continually offer to God a sacrifice of thanks and praise. You know, it opens God's ear. He hears when you start thanking him. You get his attention. You know, I learned that this being thankful is a great key in life. It is a key that God gives you. It doesn't open every door, but it will open some doors. You know, and if you're in a situation and you think, I don't know, I can't see, I I just don't want to be here, you know, maybe thank God. And that key will turn and you will rise above that situation. Do you know, I watched a program on TV three, four weeks ago. And I don't normally watch this, but this documentary was just starting. It was called I Am. And this was I Am a Burns Survivor. Did anyone see that? The girl's name was Araha. And she was only in her early 20s, 21, 22, and and she had in a house fire at night time. She had 65 degrees burns to her body. She spent 11 months in hospital. The first three weeks or the first, she she was in an induced coma. You know, this was really, it was a struggle for her to survive. But she went through it, and she had skin draft after skin draft after skin draft. And, you know, she went through all sorts of stuff. And the program finished with this. She said, she smiled, and she says, I'm thankful. I'm not thankful that I got burnt. I'm thankful for all the people that I met who helped me through this difficult journey that I was on. You know, there was something. She thanked the doctors, the nurses, but she, she had her moments and she talked about it. But I, I just looked at her and I had a joy in me to see such a thankful person. It's an attitude that we can have, isn't it? You know, our thankfulness shows in our attitude. And it's like, you can have an attitude of can do. You know, you, you get a person who's a can-do person. You know, nothing's wrong. They can, they can do everything. They're quite nice people to have around because they'll do everything. Or you can have a person who's just full of self-importance. And, you know, life is all about me. And it's important that I do this. And it's important. And it's kind of like, and, you know, they walk all over people. We see what's happening. We see the attitude, don't we? We can see the attitudes. But, you know, when we are really thankful, what do people see? They see our attitude of thankfulness. They see it deep inside us. 
My next point that I want to bring to you comes from... Um, I'm going to go back just for one minute there, because in the book of Jonah, I'll just pick up on Jonah. Jonah was swallowed by a whale. We know the story. He was in the belly of the whale for three days and three nights. He was running away from what God had asked him to do. He was going in the other direction, and it was problem after problem. But man, he's at the rock bottom now, and he's sitting in the belly of a whale, and he says this in verse 2. He says, but I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you. And immediately, the whale spewed him out. He came to a place. He, had, he wasn't in a negotiating place, but he started to say, well, thank you, God, that I'm still alive. Even where I am, I'm still alive. Thank you, God. I will praise you. And immediately, he got God's response, and he was spewed out, and he had a second chance. He could go, God, our God is a God of a second chance. You know, even today, you kind of think, wow, I've got to start thanking God for some things. Start today. Every day is a new day. You know, every day is a new day. And start to see, because maybe things have got stuck, because I've got to just check my little attitude here. You know? I've had to do that many a time. Number four, the fourth point I want to bring up is Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. And it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And then what happens? The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ. I heard Paul's message on, on, on whatever it is, um, and he brought this up too. But, you know, imagine if we never, ever had to worry about it. We all do, but we never have to be anxious about things. You know, we, we worry about things that are going on at home and we worry about things that are going on at work and we worry about this. And But if we turned and did what the Bible says, turned all our worries into prayer, well, Lord, I know that you're with me and this is not going well, but God, thank you that you will help me with this because I'm going to ask you and invite you into this situation. You know, we don't need to be anxious and to worry. And then what happens is the peace of God, the peace of God is not like the world peace. It's not positive thinking. It's not, it's not an, a lack of conflict. It, it's not good feelings. God's peace will hold you steady. It is your knowledge that God is who he is and will do what he says he will do. You know, that's where we put our trust and that's where we get our perfect peace. The next point I want to talk about is thankfulness keeps you filled with the Holy Spirit. Thankfulness keeps you filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, in Ephesians chapter 5, it says, you know, don't, don't get drunk on wine and things, but instead be filled with the Holy Spirit. But Paul, when he's teaching this, he, he lists three byproducts of being thankful and being filled with the Holy Spirit. The three byproducts of being filled with the Holy Spirit, he talks about in verse 20, he says, Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. See, the Holy Spirit's influence in our lives, sing, make music, and give thanks. And my goodness, did we do that this morning? 
They, I, you know, just everything in us, we can sing wholeheartedly. We'll make music. Our bodies want to move with it, you know, and we start to feel the thanks that comes wholeheartedly to our Heavenly Father. You know, we go through tough things, uh, and we should thank, not, not necessarily thank God for the problems, but for the strength that he is building in your life through the difficulties that you're experiencing in your life. The next scripture and the sixth scripture that I want to go through is from 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 18. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for your life. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do you know it's the will of God that you should give thanks. When you are thanking God, you are doing his will. Isn't that amazing? I find that really amazing. Paul wasn't saying that we, sh we should thank God for everything. And I heard Ruth say this very briefly the other day. God doesn't say, give, you can't thank God for evil things that happen, but you can give God thanks in everything, in the situation. I had news um, December in 2000, yeah, 19 years ago this month, I was diagnosed with grade three cancer. I thought, what? Yeah, I, I, it, it struck me. I mean, there's no, I, there's no cancer. There was, this is silly. I was 49 years old. I'm still single. I still want to get married. I still got a whole lot of living to do. You know, and I get the news. I've got a lump, and I go, go and get it checked out, and, and then they do all the tests and things. And within three days, you have grade three invasive cancer. You need surgery immediately, and we need to get you on chemotherapy as fast as we can. <gasps> Do you know, I was challenged, am I going to die? Oh, God, I've been going to church as regularly as I should. Oh, God, you know, I, I, oh. But, you know, it didn't take too long. Well, Lord, I know that I'm saved. I gave you my life. I started to stand my ground. This is who I am. I started to tell, I'm a child of God. You are for me, Lord, and when you are for me, who can be against me? And, Lord, you know, I'm not ready for this. And, do you know, I picked up my Bible and I don't know, I can't even find, well it is, it's the King Hezekiah, so it must be in the book of Kings. And I read that King Hezekiah got sick. And you know what he did? He asked God for more years. And God gave him. And so I thought, right, I'm a, God, I need more years. You know, and look, here I am, years later. You know, and I thank God for that. But in my cancer and in my situation, God had other things. He was working in my life. He was turning things together for good. Only he knew that there was a man out there for me and it was time to bring that man into my life. When you're nearly 50 and you've been single all your life, you know, I was a very independent person. And the only thing that made me depend on anybody else is when I couldn't do it for myself. And when I couldn't do it for myself, only God knew that he could turn this cancer for good so that I would learn to have somebody else give to me and I found it very difficult to receive. So it was a time that God worked it and he worked it all together for good. I just got last little bits that I want to go. When we're not thankful, okay, I just want to look at, those are the six things, I'll come back to them. But what happens when we're not thankful? I've got a story that I want to have a look at in Numbers. Okay, in Numbers 11 verses 6 and 7. Just before the numbers 6 to 7 come up, I just want to read this from verse 1. In Numbers, the people from Israel, the Israelites had been 
um, moving out of Egypt and gone through the Red Sea and they were entering into the Promised Land. They'd been, um, they were on their journey. Now the people on the journey complained about their hardships in the hearing of the Lord and when he heard them, his anger was aroused. You know, our complaining can kind of cause God's anger to start to arise. God got hurt the people. And then in verse 6 to 7, if we can have this, the rabble, that was the people that were attached with the Israelites. Some Egyptians and some mixed groups of people were traveling with them. But the rabble with them began to crave other food. And again, the Israelites started wailing and said, if only we had meat to eat. We remember the fish we ate in Egypt at no cost. Also the cucumbers and the melons and the leeks and the onions and the garlic. But now we have lost our appetite. We never see anything but this manna. God was providing for this people. God had set them free from their slavery. God had brought them through and he was watching them, making them into a great nation. God had told them he has a promised land full of milk and honey. God, this is, and you know what? They complained that all they had to eat was manna and they started to look backwards. They started to look in a different direction. Dissatisfaction comes when our attention shifts from what we have to what we don't have. The people of Israel didn't seem to notice that God was what God was doing for them. They were so wrapped up in what God wasn't doing for them. And I have to confess, I've been in this place too, so wrapped up in what God wasn't doing. You know, at 48, 49, here I am. All I wanted was, a, I, well, it was, I was younger than that actually, but I was looking sideways. I was looking at what I didn't have. I didn't have a husband and I didn't have children. And I looked at that and it was just like, whoa, my eyes were, and dissatisfaction creeps in. And it starts to steal you from your thankfulness. Discontented people constantly calculate what's wrong with their lot in life. This is exactly what the enemy wants us to do. He wants you to look at what you don't have instead of what you do have. When we start to do this, what happens? It will work against your faith. I haven't got it. I haven't, and it stops you moving. It will drain you from your confidence. You'll lose confidence in God and in yourself. It will corrupt your prosperity. He says he's got a great plan for you. It's not going to harm you. It's going to give you hope in the future. But you know, when we look at what we don't have, we start to get robbed of our successes. And it will destroy your relationships. If Ian looked at me and, and and he saw all the things that I don't do and all the things that I don't have, it wouldn't take too long before he gets totally dissatisfied with me. You know? And what happens is he will start looking for, the, for somebody else who does have all those things. But no, we have to build our relationships on what we do have. On what we do have. He sees what I do have. I see what you do have. Some people look at Ian and say, oh, he, he hasn't got me here. <laughs> but you know what? I look, I look at him and I say, look at all his hair around the sides. I'm the one who has to cut it every two or three weeks. He's got a lot of hair. 
It's just not on the top, you know. But he has a lot of hair. Look at, look at what you do have rather than what you don't have. So what's the answer to this? What do you see? I'm just going to go quickly to one verse, and it comes from 2 Kings chapter 6, verses 15 to 17. The king of Aram and the Aramites were at war with the Israelites, okay? And they had found out where the Israelites were. They were in the city of Dotham. And then let's have a look at the verses, because in the verse, the very it says this. Now, when the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh no, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Do you know, and the, what, the, what the guy saw when he looked, he saw horses and chariots thousands around and Elijah in the center of it. God has all of heaven at our disposal. You know, all of heaven is for you. I'm not going to read the scripture, but in Hebrews chapter 12, 22 to 24, it gives you a clue of what you do have. What do you have? You have all of heaven on your side. You have thousands upon thousands of angels at your disposal. You have the whole church who is for you. You have the saints in heaven who are for you. You have Jesus who is for you. And you have the blood of the new covenant that has washed you clean and claimed you as a child of God. You have been stood on new ground. Not only that, the promises of God are for us. We have the Word of God that's working in us. We can speak in the name of Jesus. We have every spiritual blessing from Jesus in Jesus Christ. We are gifted and called of God. We have the breath of life itself in us. And we have the anointing of the Holy Spirit upon us. We have so much. And it's time to take stock of what I have and begin to thank God. You know, if you go away from here and you start to think about this and you start to make yourself a list about the things that I have, God, these wonderful memories I have, Lord, this family that I have, Lord, this job that I have, this home that I have, this food that I have, this life that I have, and you start to write down what you have and then turn that into prayer and begin to pray and thank God for what you do have. And then you come to church next Sunday and you, instead of rushing around, you take a minute to be quiet and say, God, I knew you helped me this week. Thank you, Lord. And you start coming with a grateful heart and enter into the worship. You will, God will change you. He will make you into everything that he has designed you to be. You are part of his kingdom. You are the answer to other people's needs. You know, look at what you do have. Stand on the Word of God. He is so in love with you and He so needs you. You know, don't look at what you don't have. It's always going to come to dissatisfaction and discontentment. It's going to block God's blessings on your life. It's going to stop you from moving forward. Do the things. Sometimes God asks us to do things that we don't want to do. Oh, normally I'd say, oh, no, no, that's not me. I don't want to do that. Or, you know... You need to go and talk to someone. Oh, no, I'm not going to go and talk to that person. They'll just spend all my day. You know, it's kind of, but it's time to say 
Yes, Lord. Like the lepers, they responded. And then when you've done what God has asked you to do, take a minute and get in a quiet place or walk the beach or something and say, thank you, God, for the opportunity that you gave me. And you watch what God will do. You will begin to rise up. You will stand strong. You will start to be a person who makes a difference for the kingdom of God on earth. We're called to go out and you'll find courage and strength. I know I'm talking, but you know, it starts in little things. It just starts in very little ways. I've walked with the Lord the same as you. I think about 34 years this year. Half my life has been without God. My other half has been with God. And you know, I'm a different person. I like the person that he is making me into. I look back and I don't like the one that was there, even though she thought she was a thankful person, but that's not what it was about. It wasn't that way. I looked at it the wrong way. So God is a good God. God is for you. God is for you, Martin. Let you receive the word of God for your heart this morning. He is the answer. He will show you. It's a very simple place to start. It's so good to see you in church this morning. I have Emma as my neighbor down the road. And you know, the her impact in the community, everyone knows Emma. She has now, she, she is just a person who gives, who makes a difference. But she would never say that because she doesn't know it. But she is a person who really is loving in our community up at Fongaroa Harbour. There are so many good things happening. God is sitting on, on your shoulder. He is just sitting there. You guys are ready to fly. Peyton and Deborah, there is something that God has built up in you and you're ready to fly. Not on your own strength. You will soar on the wings of an eagle. The Holy Spirit's got you. You're going to fly and rise up because the Holy Spirit is the power behind what you are doing. God is good. I look at you, Mariki and uh, Donald. You know, the journey can get tough at times. And there are all sorts of roads that we take. But there comes a point where you make a choice. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the things that you've taught me through the journey I've walked. Thank you that you are the answer. Thank Because you guys have got to break into a whole new thing that God has planned and he's prepared and he needs you to walk into that because nobody else can do what you two can do. God is a good God. He is a good God. Father, I thank you for the opportunity and the great privilege to share your word this morning. Father, I pray that as the people take it into their hearts, it will sow new seeds in their lives, that, Father, new fruit will germinate, and, Lord, they will start to rise and be everything, that the joy of the Lord will be their strength, that, Father, thankfulness and praise will just rise out of them. So, Lord, thank you for this morning. We just thank you that you're here with us. We thank you that you're in the midst of us. God, Emmanuel, God with us. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen.